It's time for Retirement Income Solutions. With the team at Security First Asset Management. If you're concerned about having the right financial plan, then this is the show for you. Your hosts are Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. They're ready to listen to your questions, help you plan for the unexpected, and set you up to thrive in retirement. Here in Middle Georgia, they're the team to turn to for financial guidance so you can have more peace of mind. It's time for the show. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, 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 plan, plan, thrive. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Retirement Income Solutions. I'm Mark Haywood with Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. This is the show for you if you have questions about how to retire with confidence and with the kind of plan that gets you to and all the way through retirement. After all, we want you to thrive in retirement. Bill and Daniel are your financial coaches in Middle Georgia at Security First Asset Management. They have offices in Macon and in Dublin. On today's show, we'll be answering your questions about finances and retirement planning. You can always submit your questions online at completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. All right. Your questions are on deck. It's time for Retirement Income Solutions. Well, this is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, plan, and thrive with the team in Middle Georgia. That's Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith serving you at Security First Asset Management. We're taking your questions from the mailbag here on the show. We've got one that's coming to us from Michael and Kathleen. Michael says, my wife is significantly younger than me, and I'm guessing she'll outleave me by at least... 10 years. Do I need life insurance on myself to be sure she's okay after I'm gone? Michael, uh, thanks for uh, giving us a uh, shout out. We appreciate your question. And this is something we see quite often. This is not rare in our society today, uh, especially uh, with situations where families, you know, have divorces early on in their career, you know, their lives they're married. They tend to marry, maybe even marry younger. So this is something that happens quite a bit. And there's some things to be concerned about. Obviously, you will probably outlive your 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 uh, your wife by a significant amount of time. And uh, I can tell you some of the planning you need to do. You ask if she should have life insurance. That might well be the case, uh, especially when you have to start making decisions about how you take a pension if you actually are going to have one. And secondly, when you start drawing your Social Security because your wife is entitled to benefits on both of those, whether it be a pension on a spousal care benefit or Social Security on the higher amount. Uh, if you are the higher wage earner, then, then there's decisions to be made about that down the road. A lot of times life insurance will come into play in a couple of ways. If she's younger and if she's actually in her 40s, for example, right now, and you're in your 50s or she's in the early 50s and you're in your 60s, whatever the case may be, life insurance is probably still fairly inexpensive. But there are other ways to look at life insurance, too. They can be accumulation tools for assets, for cash down the road. So you can actually fund life insurance, overfund life insurance, and have an income stream. So there's a lot of things to think about before you address whether you need life insurance or not. But it certainly can be part of the planning process. And I would advise you, especially since there is such a long time frame, 10 years is quite a while, difference in age, that you consider... A, what your options are long before you ever make them. So if you do have a pension, or if you're not gonna have a pension, the monies you're accumulating, when you trigger your social security benefits, do you have younger kids at home? There's a lot of things that need to be considered other than just saying, do I need life insurance? So give us a call and let us sit down and talk about it. And we'll look at the picture holistically 
and help you understand all the different risks that you may may be associated with having a, a younger wife and longevity and health care and taxes and all those things. Those, that all comes part of our lifetime income blueprint. So we appreciate you writing in and look forward to talking to you again in the future. This question comes to us from Kevin and Warner Robbins. Kevin says, my company matches my 401k contributions, but they do it in the form of company stock. I'm not that excited about owning a lot of company stock, but I also don't want to miss out on any matching funds. Should I still try to put in as much as I can? Kevin, that's a great question. You know, obviously it's good to have a company match, even if it is in the form of company stock. You want to definitely consider putting in money into your 401k plan up to the match at the very least, probably save more than that. Sometimes it makes sense to go up to the match in the 401k, then consider other things like Roth IRA contributions outside of your employer plan if they don't offer that. Many times when they do give you company stock as their match, you can still move it to a more diversified fund. So you probably want to check and, and see with your benefits manager or your 401k plan advisor if you're able to after they give you the company stock move it into a more diversified fund typically 401k plans will have mutual funds inside of them that give you a lot more diversification the problem with having more than five to ten percent of your assets in your company stock inside of your 401k is that you run the risk of being you know ask any former employee of Enron or Bear Stearns if it makes sense to to have more than five to ten percent of your company stock in your own company stock you you definitely don't want to have more than that in your 401k you want to diversify it and have different holdings besides the company stock but if that's all they offer probably they'll let you move it into something else after they give that to you Let's take a question here from Pam out of our mailbag. Pam is over in Macon, Georgia, and Pam says, what do you consider a reasonable amount to pay for financial advice? It's a very good question, Pam, because there are a lot of uh, different services offered by financial advisors, and uh, some of which are fee-based and some are commission-based. Some are a hybrid of both. So I think reasonably uh, you should be able to get advice on everything, a good financial advisor should be able to provide you the, the planning tools and the advice on, uh, on all aspects of your life. It should be holistic. And if you have an advisor that, uh, that you're working with that just basically uh, allocates uh, monies to various different mutual funds and charges maybe a wrap fee around that, uh, 1% or whatever it may be, uh, that may not be uh, worth the 1% because he's really not managing the the mutual funds at all. He's kind of managing allocations. That's something to consider. We like to think that fees uh, are of value, especially if there's uh, value offered for the fee. If there's not value offered for the fees that are being expended, then they're probably they're not worth it. So a reasonable price should be dictated on just how comprehensive is the planning advice that you're receiving and how comprehensive is the ongoing advice and the management of your assets over a long period of time. Then we can see absence of value, fees or costs with value, they're very reasonable. And what that percentage is, is based on exactly the level of service that you get. Do you have a question like what we've covered today on our show? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve the successful retirement that you'd like to have. If you want to ask a question about your particular situations, here's what we'll do. We're offering a complimentary financial review to you. 
When you come in, we'll talk about your retirement income needs, where that income is going to come from, and how you'll outpace inflation, pay as little as possible in taxes, and make sure that you don't outlive your money. We'll make it all easy to understand. Take the first step right now because for almost everybody, that's the hardest part. If you're ready to get your financial plan in place, give us a call right now. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. And I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who'll look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that'll protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet, hoping you were well prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. Get started today with your complimentary review at Security First Asset Management. 800-987-1443. No cost or obligation. 800-987-1443 at Security First Asset Management. Call now. 800-987-1443. 800-987-1443. Time for a Middle Georgia fun fact. Did you know Dublin is known to have the tallest building in central Georgia? The Ficklin and Company building measure right at 211 feet. We know planning for retirement can be a tall order, but we have you covered. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Time now for another question from our mailbag here on Retirement Income Solutions, where we want you to listen, plan, and thrive. This question comes to us from Marty and Byron. Marty says, I've always been an aggressive investor. I like to see my money grow. Well, who doesn't, Marty? At what age am I supposed to get conservative? Well, you probably want to consider not so much your age as when you want to get some conservative, but what will be the purpose of the money? Is it going to provide you income in the early years of your retirement? Is it going to be a situation where you have enough income from pension and Social Securities where you're never going to touch your assets, you're going to pass this on to the next generation? That is the determinant of how much risk you should take, that and how you feel when you see your, your money go down. Where's your bailout button? You know, If you see your portfolio go down 10%, is that where it is? And I will tell you, most retirees don't want to see their money going down more than 10%. And that happens pretty frequently in the markets. So we have to really take a close look at how much risk and how much money we're willing to lose when the market does go down. 
But to your question, as you age, and if you're going to have to take money out, let's say for required minimum distributions at age 70 and a half, you don't want to pull that money from a portion of your portfolio that's aggressive. Because when we have a bad year, when we have another 2008, 2001, then you're going to have to sell those shares out of the market's already down. The losses are going to be compounded by withdrawals. So the factor, the most important factor is when you need to start withdrawing the money as to how conservative you should be if you're an aggressive investor. So if the purpose is passing it on to the next generation, you know, I've seen people in their 80s that that own significantly risky portfolios that someone in their 40s wouldn't want to own. That's why it has to be individualized. And the key factor is when that money is going to be needed and the purpose of it. Wendy writes in now with a question from Warner Robbins. Wendy says, our 401k plan at work now has a Roth option available for future contributions. Should I take advantage of that? Wendy, that's a great question. And we're glad that there more and more plans are now offering the Roth uh, opportunity. This would, uh, I think in my mind, would be uh, something you should consider. And whether you're 40, 30, or even 50, because you still have time, but generally, it's a time-based thing. The sooner you get going with the Roth option, the more opportunity you have to have tax-free growth and tax-free income in retirement. So we're advocates of Roths. But if you're younger, obviously, you need to really look at this option and utilize it. Now, what you give up today is the tax benefits. And that's one of the things that you need to be aware of. Because if you're used to putting 4 or 5 or 6 or 8% of your money into your 401k, it's not on a pre-tax basis, so you don't see the, the 100% impact of, of the money because it, you're, you're actually reducing your taxable income. And when you switch to the Roth side of the, the equation, then that's after-tax money, so you're going to see a difference in your take-home pay simply because you'll be paying more taxes. I believe, and so does Daniel and our firm believes, that The more Roth you can have, the sooner in life, the better you are, because we cannot predict nor control future taxation. We know that Roth money grows tax-free under current legislation and is withdrawn tax-free. And literally, you don't need as much money put away in a Roth when you compare it to a 401k when you start needing to take withdrawals in retirement simply because you don't have to pay the taxes. So you can accumulate wealth quicker, tax-free wealth quicker in a Roth than you can in a traditional IRA or 401k simply because of the tax aspect. So it's a blessing to have the Roth option. Look and weigh the differences. Maybe you do a little bit of both or maybe you switch 100% to Roth. It all depends on your circumstances and your time horizon. So if you need further input on that, give us a call and we'll be happy to sit down and show you all the scenarios and all the different risks and things you can look at long term by creating for you a lifetime income blueprint plan, which then can clearly you can see the difference between taxes and non-taxes in retirement. You are listening to Retirement Income Solutions, where we want you to listen, plan, and thrive with the team from Security First Asset Management. That's Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. We're taking your questions from the mailbag. Let's take a question now from Charlotte, who writes in from Forsyth. Charlotte says, I'm 60 and I'd love to retire. And in parentheses, she writes, and I think I probably could. But it just seems like everyone I know waits until they're at least 65 or 66. Is it a bad idea to retire now? Well, Charlotte, I like that she said, I think I probably could retire. If we focus on that for just a moment, if you want to feel highly confident 
that you can retire. What you want to do is have a good understanding and be able to see a picture of what your retirement will look like and the different income streams, how long your assets will last, and under different scenarios. Cost of living is going to go up. Markets are going to fluctuate. Healthcare costs are going to rise. Those things can be factored in, and that's part of what Bill was mentioning a minute ago with our lifetime income blueprint. You don't just have to think you probably could. You could feel real confident whether or not you can afford to retire and remain retired and thrive in retirement. One big factor about retiring early at 60 is health care costs. Medicare won't kick in until you're 65. If your employer will let you continue to maintain your health insurance policy after retirement, that'd be great. A lot of companies aren't doing that anymore. Maybe you can get on your spouse's health care plan, but you really want to think about how you're going to pay for that health care without having Medicare until you're 65. So I would think it's a, to whether or not it's a bad idea really circ- depends on that and what your future looks like, not just is your income enough today. When you first retire, people can live on today's money, but 10, 15 years down the road with the cost of living, you may be surprised at how much inflation eats up your savings. For example, if you retire at 60 and you need $50,000 a year, well, 3% inflation when you're 80 You'll need $90,000 to buy the same amount of goods and services you bought with $50,000 in the first year of your retirement. That's just with 3% inflation for 20 years. So we really think it makes sense to take a close look at all these factors and how they impact you, not just today, but down the road. Do you have a question like what we've covered on the show today? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve that successful retirement we're all after. If you want to ask a question about your particular situation, here's what we'll do. We'd like to offer you the opportunity to come in for a complete financial review, and we'll offer this review for free if you have at least $100,000 saved for retirement. We'll cover the following. Social Security. At what age should you start taking that benefit, and how does it fit into your overall income picture? Risk. How much risk are you taking in your portfolio, and is that amount of risk appropriate for your age? Fees. How much are you paying in fees and commissions? Is it an appropriate amount? Taxes. We'll analyze the tax implications of your savings. Health care. Do you have plans to pay for health care or long-term care need in the future? Legacy. Do you want to leave money to future generations? We'll talk about how to properly structure your plan to achieve those kinds of dreams. And lastly, income. Do you have a plan to outpace inflation and to make sure you don't run out of money in retirement? This just scratches the surface of all the things we're going to cover in your complimentary review. If you're ready to get the ball rolling, call right now. We've got a spot reserved for you. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Getting the right retirement plan is important. Make sure that the person designing your plan abides by the three C's. 
Your plan should be comprehensive in that it leaves no stone unturned. Every angle of the retirement world should be considered, from estate planning to tax planning and risk versus safety. All of it is important to consider. Your plan should also be customized. Cookie cutter plans are a no-no. Your plan should be unique to your situation and any true financial analysis will reflect that. Finally, an advisor should put a plan together for you that is complimentary, at no cost or obligation to you. It should be a fact-finding mission, not a sales pitch out of the gate. So remember the three C's, comprehensive, customized, and complimentary. If you're struggling to find that kind of plan, call Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith with the Security First Asset Management Team here in Middle Georgia. Dial 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Visit our website for details on the services we provide, education videos, our great learning center, and to find out about upcoming events. It's all on completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. All right, let's take a question now from Chip, who writes in from over in Macon. Chip says, my company plan is offering a program where I can get advice on my 401k for a very low fee. Is it a good idea to use this? I would think so. Uh, you know, unless you're very astute at uh, the type of offerings you have and pay attention to it, uh, you know, it's always good to have somebody else helping you. So I would first want to look at what kind of uh, advice they're giving and what they're basing that advice on, uh, whether they are actively going to help you manage it, meaning if they look at your mix and your balance and look at what's going on in the marketplace and they can communicate to you that maybe you need to shift here or there that's good advice if it's simply advice and saying hey you're, here's your here's your risk profile put 20 20 20 and 20 and all these different funds and then go that may not be worth the money you're paying if you're going to get advice on it it should be something that's ongoing maybe they have that in the program. I would ask those kind of questions. Is this ongoing advice? Will you help me rebalance? Will you help me get out of trouble if the market is trending down? Will you be there when I need to talk to you? If that's available, then that's great advice. That's the kind of advice we offer for our clients, but uh, you may not have that available inside your 401k. So identify, ask the questions, what am I paying for and how will it benefit me? I've noticed a lot of the clients I talk to that, that have the 401k with the uh, advice for a fee typically have told me they don't have a lot of contact with the people and maybe they're paying the fee and they're managing the account or moving things around but don't really have a plan in place. It's just kind of focused on the investment side of their 401k. So, Or have a tactical strategy in place that can actually dictate that yeah. we need to be mm-hmm. out right. uh, because the things are telling us that we need to be out. Yeah. So something to consider, too. What are you getting for that fee, as Bill was mentioning? Let's take a question from Regina, who writes in in Warner Robins. Regina says, should I contribute as much as I can to my 401k or only as much as my company will match? Well, I think you should save as much as you can, for sure. The question is where to save. Sometimes people overload these 401ks and tax-deferred plans 
and then in retirement, they are just shocked at how much taxes are paid, and they feel like they drank the Kool-Aid like everyone did, and they didn't save in tax-advantaged places. You definitely want to get the match in your 401k, but if you're eligible to start a Roth IRA and that's not in your 401k, anything above the match, I would max out the Roth IRA contributions. Depending on what age you're started at, you know, you want to save anywhere between 10 and 25% of your income. The later you start, the higher the percentage you're going to have to save to catch up because you don't have time for it to compound. But I think the idea you have here about saving is important and getting the match in the 401k is important. But also think about where you're saving. Is it tax-free like the Roth IRA? Have you already paid taxes on what we call the seed money and then the harvest is tax-free? That's how the Roth IRA works. With the 401k, you get a little tax break up front and then all the harvest is taxable when you take that money out. So please be aware of the downside of only saving in the 401k. Let's take a question now from Peter, who writes in from Kathleen. Peter says, when should I take money out of my 401k and roll it over to an IRA? I am 60 years old. Peter, that's a good question. Um, The fact that you're 60, your plan may allow what's called an in-service rollover where you could transfer any amount you want up to 100% of your vested amount into your own IRA and then control the types of investments that are out there. To do that, though, you would need to go through the thought processes and planning process, in our opinion, to see why you would do that. I mean, you may be paying lower fees in the 401k. You may have some great options in the 401k. Or maybe it won't meet your needs long term and you need to consider what it would look like outside. The one thing you do give up inside an IRA is the ability to borrow money against the 401k as long as you're working. You don't have that ability to do so in an IRA. So if if you ever need access to those money, you don't have that type of leeway inside an IRA. What you should consider, though, is looking at how the 401k and or the IRA fits into your long-term income planning needs. And that would dictate how you might want to move the money into your own IRA because inside the IRA, you can actually do the planning with different types of investment products that will allow you to establish a lifetime income blueprint plan that you can't get necessarily inside your 401k. So if you're thinking about moving money to an IRA, We would certainly uh, encourage you to take the time to sit down and and put in place a lifetime income blueprint plan where we actually will identify your sources of income, whether you have a pension or not, or if your sole savings is your 401k, how does that work with your Social Security? When should you take uh, Social Security? When are you going to retire? What are your income needs are going to be? Those are all the things we address when we do the planning. So don't just arbitrarily roll it. Have a purpose to roll it. And, and know the benefits of rolling it uh, before you ever decide to do so. Do you have a question like what we've covered today on our show? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve the successful retirement that you'd like to have. If you want to ask a question about your particular situations, here's what we'll do. We'd like to offer you the opportunity to come in for a complete financial review. And we'll offer this service free if you have at least $100,000 saved for retirement. We'll cover the following. Social Security. At what age should you start taking that benefit and how does it fit into your overall income picture? Risk. How much risk are you taking in your portfolio and is that amount of risk appropriate for your age? Fees. How much are you paying in fees and commissions? 
Is it an appropriate amount? Taxes. We'll analyze the tax implication of your savings. Healthcare. Do you have plans to pay for healthcare or for a long-term care need in the future? Legacy. Do you plan to leave money to future generations? We'll talk about how to properly structure your plan to achieve those kinds of goals. And lastly, income. Do you have a plan to outpace inflation and make sure you don't run out of money in your retirement? This just scratches the surface of all the things we're going to cover in your complimentary review. If you're ready to get the ball rolling, call right now. We've got a spot reserved for you. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Fishing is an art, and any fisherman worth his salt knows the proper tools to land a whopper. You wouldn't take a cane pole to catch a bass, and unless you're just looking for a tranquil day on the boat, you probably wouldn't use shrimp for bait on the lake. The same can be said of your retirement. There are all sorts of financial products out there, and it's important to know which ones are the right fit for you. A random jumble of investments won't do you much good in retirement. Work with an advisor who knows how to fish, who sees the art within. A well-crafted financial plan will go a long way toward making a successful retirement. Make sure you're putting the right tools in your portfolio. Claim your complimentary review today at Security First Asset Management, 800-987-1443. 800-987-1443. No cost, no obligation. Start now. 800-987-1443. In all honesty, planning for retirement shouldn't be that hard. We listen to each other, we make a plan, and you thrive. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, plan, thrive. Well, this question comes to us from Mike in Macon. Mike says, my father died in his late 60s and my mother died in her early 70s. So I'm not planning to have much longevity myself. Does that mean that I should start Social Security as early as I can? Well, Mike, thanks for giving us a shout out today with an email question. As you are aware, Mike, we, we like to answer questions from our listeners throughout the middle of Georgia area. I guess it's hard to really kind of determine what how to answer your question. Uh, I know you have concerns that probably you won't live long, but uh, we believe that taking your Social Security benefits should be part of an overall retirement income plan. So we don't know really much more about you, but I, what I would recommend that we do have a chat about is uh, how you see Social Security as the income in your overall income plan. And that would dictate when you triggered or not. And we don't want you to bet against longevity, even though you don't have a history of longevity in your family it also has a lot to do with your lifestyle and, and how well you're taking care of yourself physically but uh, we appreciate the call and to be able to really help you solidify a good answer in that we'd have to have a little more detail but it doesn't necessarily mean you should trigger social security just because your parents didn't have a long long life 
What do you think about that, Daniel? You know, I think that makes a lot of sense. Certainly, don't just take it uh, as a fact that you're not going to live a long life just because uh, some things have happened in your family. Your personal health history, your diet, exercise habits, all those things should be factored in, especially what Bill mentioned about your income plan, making sure it's part of a comprehensive overall plan. This question comes to us from Harry and Warner Robbins. Harry says, my daughter just turned 18 and I'd like to help her get off on the right foot with retirement savings. What's the best way to get her started? And congratulations, Harry, while we're at it. Yeah, Harry, congratulations uh, on your daughter. You know, you're wanting to make sure that she's uh, getting off to the right start. She's probably getting ready to graduate high school, get ready for college. But my guess would be if you're proactive and planning for the future, she will be too, especially if you set that example for her, which you probably have. But I would certainly start about talking about a budget. You know, this will help you too when she's in college. You know, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Make sure you have a, a budget and help her understand what budgeting is. Most people, until their second or third year in college, don't get any financial literacy. They don't know what the difference between debit and credit is. You know, having her understand how budgets work and living within her own means or at least the boundaries that you allow for her to have as far as her income goes. But I would also encourage her not to take on a lot of student loan debt, even if that means her working part-time throughout college. And that's not popular anymore, but people are saddled with debt when they graduate with college, and it's, it's a national epidemic. And so encouraging her to take out as few student loans as possible would be a good advice. And possibly starting an investment account with her or for her and helping her see how that works and seeing how money grows, understanding the concept of compounding interest. I know that made a big impact on me when I was growing up. My my grandparents, they would always preach to me about how important it was to save money. You know, they would they'd buy CDs. <laughs> but I remember over time them showing me like how the money grows. And it, it was fascinating to me. But educating your daughter in those ways are probably some of the best ways to help her get started. This next question comes to us from Gloria and Perry. Gloria says, our house is a lot bigger than what we need now, so we should probably downsize. But it's the place where we raised our family, so I'm emotionally attached to it. Is it foolish to keep it when we could live somewhere else cheaper? Gloria, I, I can relate to you real well because my wife and I have been having that discussion now for a number of years. We have a big old home. Our children are scattered everywhere. When they come home, it's not big enough, and when they're gone, it's too big. So we can relate to your question quite well. There's a lot of emotional attachments to our homes, and then, and then the, the fact that we would have to change. and We have to move somewhere else. Things change. Maybe we our home's paid for, and we can't find something comparable, or maybe outside the amount of monies we were able to get for our home, we may have to incur a mortgage. A lot of questions. There's a lot of emotional questions there, so I can relate with you well, Gloria, and I think the best way to answer your question is to, hey, let's sit down and, and logically think through the pluses and minuses of living elsewhere, especially if it's going to be less expensive and a um, lot less of a hassle. Uh, those are the things that I'm going through right now, and I, I don't have a direct answer for myself yet, but I know the process I need to go through to get to that that answer and, and deal with the emotional side of it. So. Once I get it figured out, if I can get it figured out real soon, maybe I can be a big asset for you. But all I can tell you is you, you need to think through all the pluses and minuses and uh, try to overcome the emotional attachment. If it's in your best interest and your spouse's best interest of elsewhere financially and it fits in your income plan better to do so, then, then you'll have to work on that process. Betty and Kathleen has our next question. Betty says, I'm in the middle of a divorce after 30 years of marriage. Do you think I'd be better off to get half of my husband's 401k or half of his pension? 
I like the idea of having a guaranteed income, but I won't be retiring for another 10 years, so it's not like I need the pension right now. Well, Betty, I appreciate your question, and we're sorry that you're having to go through this. It's something that sometimes happens to folks, of course, and understanding the financial implications and charting a plan for how to handle it is super important. A lot of people just avoid asking for advice and sometimes make the wrong decisions, and it can be extremely impactful. So part of the information that we need to answer your question is, you know, what is the size of your husband's 401k? You can also take the 401k and create some guaranteed income streams with it. So you don't necessarily have to get his pension for that. You know, the size of his pension, uh, does it have an inflation adjustment? A cost of living adjustment would be important information to know. But I do like your thinking. Having a guaranteed income stream in retirement is a super important thing to have. So if everything was held constant, I would lean towards the pension, but it all depends on the other variables. The size of the 401k, does the pension have a cost of living adjustment? You know, you mentioned you're not going to be retiring for another 10 years. So if you did take the 401k, you could continue to grow it. So we'd have to understand how much the pension would grow in deferring it between now and and when you retire as well. Trying to to have a good stream of guaranteed income is the right way of thinking about thinking about it. So if if we can get with you and get together and understand uh, what all the details of this are, we can confirm the suspicion of uh, leaning towards the pension as the best option. This question comes to us from Jennifer in Dublin. Jennifer says, if interest rates finally start going back up, should I change how I'm saving? I don't have very much in the bank right now because rates are so low. Well, Jennifer, I understand that. In the last uh, few years, a lot of people have abandoned uh, the safety of, of, of banks for the low interest rates they were paying and jumped uh, head over heels into the market and have had some great growth, but also have a uh, risk that maybe they don't really want to be taking. So I understand where you're coming from. If you would like to maybe uh, reduce some of the risk you have by some of the other investments, which we don't know what they're in. You didn't indicate what you were investing in. When we talk about interest rates at the bank, the purpose for our money at the bank is for safety primarily, and we give up a lot of return by doing that. But we we, we do uh, encourage folks to have some of their money in a more liquid state and in more less risk type of environment such as banks provide. And certainly as interest rates continue to go up, that uh, helps us put aside some of our monies in a, in a place where we can't have volatility and have market risk. We might have some inflation risk, but... That's not the purpose of why we would place it there. Well, you need to build a foundation with some of your monies by doing so. Uh, we understand the risk that we're taking, uh, which is basically inflation risk when we go to the banks. But uh, you need to balance your investments between risk and, 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 and protection. And we'd have to address how old you are and how this fits into your overall plan to be able to tell you exactly how you should go about doing it. But uh, there's no reason not to have money over there, especially if you have a, a lot of risk in your portfolio and you need to protect some of it. So we're advocates of having less risk the older we get. So depending on where you are and your planning process and how this money fits into your overall retirement income plan would be, have to be determined to be able to give you the right kind of advice on where and how much you should have in banks. Do you have a question like what we've covered today on our show? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve the successful retirement that you'd like to have. If you want to ask a question about your particular situations, here's what we'll do. We'd like to offer you the opportunity to come in for a complete financial review. And we'll offer this service free if you have at least $100,000 saved for retirement. We'll cover the following. Social Security. 
At what age should you start taking that benefit and how does it fit into your overall income picture? Risk. How much risk are you taking in your portfolio? And is that amount of risk appropriate for your age? Fees. How much are you paying in fees and commissions? Is it an appropriate amount? Taxes. We'll analyze the tax implication of your savings. Healthcare. Do you have plans to pay for healthcare or for a long-term care need in the future? Legacy. Do you plan to leave money to future generations? We'll talk about how to properly structure your plan to achieve those kinds of goals. And lastly, income. Do you have a plan to outpace inflation and make sure you don't run out of money in your retirement? This just scratches the surface of all the things we're going to cover in your complimentary review. If you're ready to get the ball rolling, call right now. We've got a spot reserved for you. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Bill Danner isn't just one of your great hosts here on Retirement Income Solutions. He's also the president and CEO of Security First Asset Management. As an independent investment advisor representative, he has numerous years of experience helping people just like you in middle Georgia create sound, conservative retirement plans. His main mission is to keep his clients thriving through their retirement years. To sit down with Bill and his team and talk about how they might be able to help you, call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Many retirees from some of the area's biggest companies turn to Bill to help guide them through retirement, and he can help guide you. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. This question comes to us from Kathy in Centerville. Thanks for writing in, Kathy. Kathy says, my husband and I argue about money almost every day because we just haven't done a great job of planning for retirement, and it's starting to stress both of us out. Is this normal, or do we need some serious help? Well, you know, I do think it's probably pretty normal for people to argue about finances. I know there's a lot of research to show that financial matters cause a lot of stress in marriages. But one thing that helps tremendously is having a budget that you live by. We preach it all the time because if you don't know what you're spending your money on, you can't set parameters around it. And then the money, you end up not saving enough or spending too much on on things that you don't have. Here's an easy, easy thing you can do. You could set up and pull your bank statements from last month, your credit card statements, and go through each line item. And beside each one, Everything that you're spending money on that's essential, put an E beside it or highlight it a certain color. And then go through same budget, I mean, through the same bank statements and anything that's just a convenience, put a C beside it. And then go through and put uh, L beside what's luxury. And then add up how many things that you have that are essential, how many things you have that are conveniences that you're paying for, and how many things that are luxury items. 
So if you're saving for retirement, depending on your age, you need to be saving 10 to maybe up to 20% of your, your income towards retirement, depending on when you started saving. The younger you are, the smaller percentage of your income that you need to save because you have more time. But if you're in your 40s or 50s, you may be needing to save 20% or more of your income to get a nice substantial amount so you can have income in retirement from your savings. So step one is to start a budget and live by it and uh, maybe follow those different parameters I set there. This question comes to us from Michael in Cochran. Michael says, I have several old 401ks from companies that I used to work for, and I'm getting tired of keeping up with all these statements. Can I just combine them all in one account? Or maybe the question is, should I combine them? A great question, Michael. Uh, we uh, often find folks in the same situation that you're in, where today it seems like some of the baby boomers uh, who don't uh, don't have a, a job or employment where there's a pension and where there's you know a reason to stay there, there's a lot of movement in, in employment over years, whether they choose to do so or whether they've been downsized or, or cut back or whatever the case may be. But uh, there's a lot of reasons that we could identify for combining them. You stated one of them. It's uh, keeping up with the statements is a is a joke and a hassle. And most of the time, it's favorable to move uh, 401k plans into your own self-directed IRA. It's something that certainly that you should probably consider, and uh, that would help eliminate uh, a lot of the statements that you presently get uh, down to probably just one or so. And uh, not only that, another reason you might consider it, and probably more importantly than just the uh, the hassle of statements, is the options that you can invest in. And and we'd like to encourage you to look at maybe uh, not just combining your 401ks into one, but putting a plan in place that would dictate how you would invest that money based on your goals and aspirations and your time horizon for re- retirement. Because you're one of those individuals uh, from what you're stating here that you're probably going to have to turn these 401ks into income when you retire so the better you can do that now and, and have a plan in place will help you uh, get to the goals that you're trying to accomplish and th- then you can also eliminate having a, a bunch of paperwork to deal with and a bunch of orphan 401ks all over the place so we recommend that you if you desire to give us a call and we'll sit down and help you uh, walk down the of uh, organizing your finances based on your retirement goals. All right. Our next question comes to us from Frida in Forsyth. Frida says, I've heard some people advertising that they can teach you ways to avoid paying taxes in retirement. This sounds like a scam to me, so I haven't even looked into it. What's that all about? Well, Frida, I can certainly appreciate your skepticism. Hearing someone talk about how to avoid taxes sounds like some maybe it's some kind of a crime, but tax planning is certainly different than uh, any type of scam. There's a couple of different things you can do to look at your taxes uh, and forecast out what they may be in retirement. So prior to retirement, step one may be saving money in better tax preference accounts. So instead of putting all of your money into a 401k or all of your savings into a tax deferred account, which in turn means when you take the money out, you pay the taxes at a future unknown tax rate. If you save money in things that are more tax preference, like Roth IRAs, that can be very beneficial because when you take the money out, there are no taxes. That's an example of how you can avoid taxes in retirement, simply where you save the money for retirement. Choose to pay the tax rate today instead of what you don't know is going to be in the future. 
A couple of other strategies that may work for some people is avoiding taking Social Security early. If you were to wait and take Social Security when you're 67 or 70 instead of when you're 62, you could take your income needs from your IRA or from your 401k and go ahead and spread those taxes out over a 10-year period or, you know, as long as you're retired. Before you turn the age of 70, if you take some IRA distributions, what it can do is reduce your future required minimum distributions when you turn 70 and a half. And that can spread your taxes out over a longer period of time, reduce your taxable income. Social Security is a little bit more tax efficient than IRA distributions because you have a maximum of 85% of it being taxed, no matter what your your income level is. So you'll always have some tax-free income from Social Security. But those are some examples of how you can reduce taxes in retirement. We're not talking about waving a magic wand and making all your 401k tax-free. That can't be done. So, you know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about having a strategy for paying the minimum amount in taxes that you have to. Well, Margaret writes in with a question. Margaret's from Byron. And Margaret says, I'm worried about my kids. They're in their 20s, and I'm just not sure they're going to have the same economic opportunities that I had. My parents didn't leave me an inheritance, so I've never planned to leave one either. But should I be rethinking that to make sure that my kids have some help later in life? Margaret, uh, thanks for writing in to us. I think most people uh, would think, you know, if they had the opportunity, they would help help their children along, and uh, I can understand why you would, wouldn't want to think about that. But uh, first and foremost, uh, if you've got a plan in place that you're comfortable with and you have excess monies, then you're in a position where you can do something for them. And that might not be a bad idea. We do legacy planning for our clients if they desire to do so. There's a way to leverage your money and, and some investments that might generate a sizable inheritance for your kids, like using some form of life insurance if it's suitable to do so. And, and some of our clients contribute to monies uh, into uh, UGMA accounts or, or uh, any type of uh, retirement plan, like maybe a, they give money for a Roth IRA, for example, for their kids. We have clients that do things like that. So there are some things you can do. And probably the most important thing you can do is try to help them understand the importance of putting money away themselves. And then if you feel like you can help fund those things, once you've got your plan in place, that make sure that you don't outlive your money and that you have ample needs of income to support you for the rest of your life and contingency in place to make sure that you can cover some of those healthcare issues that might happen to you, then you can really think about with clear conscience that some of the things that you might want to do to help your kids as they move on. And I agree with you. They may not have the opportunities that you and I have, but they also need to learn that they have create some of their own own planning themselves as young as they are. They should be thinking about their future, and you can certainly help them with legacy planning, and we'd be happy to sit down and show you some of the options to do so. This question comes to us from Jerry in Macon. Jerry says, we have two daughters in their mid-20s, and we'll probably be paying for weddings for both of them soon. What's a good way to invest money for an expense like this? We'll probably need it relatively soon. We just don't know exactly when. All right, Jerry. Well, thanks for the question there. You've got two daughters in their mid-20s, and, you know, that's a time where a lot of parents end up having to pay for weddings, especially in your situation. I would tell you, though, time horizon when you need the funds is a big driver of how much risk you can take. If you can't afford to take any stock market risk, let's say their wedding's in six months or a year or even two years, trying to invest money with that short of a time horizon may not be in your best interest. You don't want to put ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 aside for a wedding thinking you can grow it and it turn into half that, you know, if we have a market meltdown. So if 
if you uh, wanted to start a wedding fund, let's say, you know, they're going to be five or 10 years before their weddings happen. Maybe then you could take a look at a moderate risk equity portfolio and try to get a decent rate of return. But I tell you, if you have a very short time horizon, you're going to have to take very little risk with it. Something that carries low impact to the principal if we have a, a market downturn. So maybe the best thing to put it in a high yield savings account, look online at money market accounts, you know, simply because you're going to need that money. You need the principal too. And so Jerry, thanks for your question. And I hope that gives you a little bit of insight. We have a question that's come to us from Kate and Warner Robbins. Kate says, I have a catch 22. I have some Apple stock that I really want to sell because I've made a lot of money over the years, but I'm worried about the tax bill I might create when I sell. So what's more important, capturing gains or keeping taxes low? Sounds like tax question we get often on the show. Thanks, Kate, for reaching out to us. It sounds like you do really have, have really a catch-22 because you've had, got a highly appreciated stock like Apple and you have some great gains there. And of course, with gains come taxes, but we, we have some favorable tax situations presently. And the capital gains side, depending on what your income is, uh, you might be able to get that down and get it in the 15% range before jumping in the 20% range. So yeah, I think what, uh, the best way to, to answer your question would be to determine how much of that uh, Apple stock uh, the value is in your overall portfolio and what is your overall tax situation so we can determine whether you have a 5 or 15 or 20% capital gains tax. But there's never nothing wrong with uh, capturing gains because – we take the, some of the earnings off the table. That doesn't mean you have to sell all the stock, but it probably wouldn't be a bad idea if you to take a look at maybe a, what the tax implications are for selling some now and then maybe some next year. It's always good to, to take some of those gains, especially if we start having some more volatility in the market. So thanks for giving us a call. Give us a call again. Let's sit down and talk about what we might be able to help you understand how, how the tax implications might be for such a sale. Well, as always, we've really enjoyed answering your questions today on Retirement Income Solutions. Just a reminder that Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith are your financial coaches in Middle Georgia at Security First Asset Management. Remember, if you have questions about retirement, we're happy to answer them, and we're standing by after the show throughout the week. Just give us a call at 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. And we're always online at completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. Well, thanks for listening to another edition of Retirement Income Solutions. Tune in again next week for another great show. Securities and advisory services offered through Madison Avenue Securities are registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Security First and Madison Avenue Securities are not affiliated entities.